Dr. Donna Ganny, and I'm joined here with Minister Belinda McKenzie and also Minister Gloria Vasquez, and we are here to share with you a very important message about the last days, but I don't want you to be afraid as we talk about the great tribulations because 
if you are in Christ, you are indeed a new creature and you are destined for greatness no matter whatever is going on in the world. And we're going to talk to you and tell you about if you're not in Christ, uh, why this being in Christ is the solution to help you through the great tribulation that we are going through now and and the increase will come. So um, welcome to the Kingdom Mandate again. And we want to bless everyone for listening in. We are very happy uh, that we have so many people listening throughout the world to this a very important topic about the signs of the last days. And we have been coming out of Matthew 24. I believe we're on episode number six. And um, in Matthew 24 today, we're going to look at Matthew 24, verses 21 through 22. And we're going to also share about some of the other key elements of the Great Tribulation out of Revelation 6 today, but we will be talking uh, Great Tribulations, is, uh, in fact, is there's a lot of things going on, so we will be touching on other uh, parts of it in the future, but right now we're going to focus on the seals that will be broken during the Great Tribulations, and look at it uh, from today's stance, where are we right now, according to the Holy Bible. Before we begin, we want to open us up in prayer. May I ask Minister Gloria Vasquez, please open us up in prayer. Good morning. Um, Father God, we praise you. We thank you, dear God, for your presence. We thank you, Lord, for being with us, Lord God. We thank you, Jesus, for your holiness, for your righteousness, Almighty God. We thank you that you call us to yourself, oh, Father God, that you say, come, Lord God, to us. Even this day, dear God, for today is the day of salvation, Father God. We pray, Lord God, that we will receive your word in our hearts, oh God, in our spirits, in our minds, oh Father God. Help us to embrace what you have for us today. Help us to um, understand the fullness of it. We pray for wisdom, Lord God, in this. And we accept your invitation, Father God, even through this word, dear God. It is the sword of the spirit, Father God, we pray. Dear Lord, that it would transform our hearts and renew our minds. And we sit at your feet today, Father God, and we thank you, Lord, because you are Father and you wish to nourish us with your word. And we receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Amen. Bless the Lord. Um, so we're excited to be here again to share uh, on this topic because it's such a very important topic because we do see a lot of things that are going on in the world. And a lot of people are saying, is it the op- apocalypse time? Um, where where are we? So we want to expound uh, again from the Holy Bible. We want to talk about it. What did Jesus say? Uh, what did uh, the apostles write um, according to the Great Tribulations? What did the prophets of old, the major and the minor prophets, what did they have to say about this Great Tribulation? So, but. We're going to focus on Revelation chapter 6. As everyone knows, there is a lot of scripture out there uh, that talk, that will bring us into uh, the reality of where we are now and where we're going. But we want to focus on Matthew 24, verses 21 through 22. And I invite you to go back and to listen to some of the prior uh, sessions that we have had as we have went over Matthew 24, and you will get a a, a more in-depth insight 
to what is going on in this uh, uh, Matthew 24 that where Jesus is talking about nation against nation, kingdom against kingdom, famines, pestilence, earthquakes in diverse places. So we're not just talking about America. When we talk about the great tribulations, we're not just talking about uh, Jerusalem because he said in diverse places. So uh, these things are to occur throughout uh, the world. And so we want to look at it uh, from the, again, from a biblical perspective. So I'm going to read again, Matthew 24, verses 21 through 22, before we jump into Revelation chapter 6. In Matthew 24, Four verses 21, it says, From, For then shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time, no, nor ever shall be. And 20, verse 22, And except those days should be shortened, there should no flesh be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. For the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. So we have our hope in Christ Jesus. We have our hope that we will be destined to be the elect, that according to God's will, according to his sovereign will, do we align with what the Bible says would be the elect? Um, That's going to be an important question that everyone should ask ask themselves and ponder with the Holy Spirit, ponder with Abba Father, ponder with Jesus Christ. You know, there was a book uh, written by Benny Hinn many years ago, Good Morning Holy Spirit. When was the last time that you said, Good Morning Holy Spirit, and then ask the Holy Spirit to examine you, and you examine yourself and you allow the conviction of the Holy Spirit to come in. But now we're going to jump into Revelation chapter 6, as we stated in the beginning. And we're going to talk about these seals that were broken. Now, last week we talked about the first two seals. So we're going to focus on uh, seals, the third seal, and the fourth seal, because there's so much to grasp uh, about what's going on. So in Revelation chapter 6, When the third seal is broken, let's see what is going on. I'm reading from verse 5. It says, And when he had opened the third seal, I heard the third beast say, Come and see. And I beheld and lo, a black horse. And he that sat on him had a pair of balances in his hand. And I heard a voice in the midst of the four beasts saying, A measure of wheat for a penny, and three measure of barley for a penny, and so thou hurt not the oil and the wine. And when he had opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth beast say, Come and see. And I looked, and behold, a pale horse, and his name that sat on him was death, and hell followed with him. And power was given unto them over the fourth part of the earth to kill with sword and with hunger and with death and with beasts of the earth. Wow. Those are some serious things that are happening when these seals are being broken. Um, Let's start with uh, Minister Gloria. Can you please share what 
the Lord has revealed to you. And, you, and please feel free to open up any other scripture and reference anything that you know that's going on now, historically, or in the future. Okay. Well, I, uh, in looking at this, I use the commentary, um, uh, critical explanatory on the whole Bible, uh, by Jimson, uh, Robert, and Fawcett. Uh, a lot of this is uh, complicated, and if we're not careful, uh, we can get caught up in a get confused over some of the symbolism. And so, the symbolism was uh, important to me. And so, first of all, I wanted to go over. It, it talks about beasts, and I, I just want to lay some groundwork here so that we can better understand it as we go along. It, it talks about the living creatures, uh, and so we had read before about these living creatures. I just wanted to go over them. Uh, the third, uh, what we're going to see here, uh, the third beast, um, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm, give me one second. Okay. So we're talking about the living creatures, and okay. While while you're looking, I'm gonna read it again. Um, okay. The third, the third seal, um, verse five, where it said, "I heard that the third beast say, Come and see, and I beheld, and lo, a black horse, and he that sat on him had a pair of balances in his hand, and I heard a voice in the midst of the four beasts." Say a measure of wheat for a penny, and three measures of barley for a penny. And so thou hurt not the oil and the wine. Okay. So we had one of one of the four living creatures was uh, a lion, and uh, I was reading, and, and the lion had a, a loud voice. And this voice was the cry of the saints. They cry with a boldness. Um, and they cry out to God for vengeance because they're being persecuted. And one of the living creatures is, comes in the form of a... Uh, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm just losing my place here. I need a little help from you. Okay, let me um let me read let me read a little note here um that I have. Okay, so the rider of the black horse with the scales and this is very important that everyone get this. The rider of the fourth uh the rider of the black horse with the scales in hand is, is death. Uh by famine. Uh death by famine and he portrays an initial period of plenty for all. But afterwards, the average man's daily wage will be a price of a quart of wheat or three quarts of barley. Only um, the powerful and the rich will enjoy the oil and the wine. At the end of the church age, famines, pestilence, and earthquakes will increase, uh, according to Matthew 24, 7. Now, that's, that we have went over that, but... It kind of references that uh, still, but so this cannot 
be compared to the latter part of the tribulation period portrayed by the writer of the Black Horse. Um, as we know in Zechariah, it's also mentioned in there about the, the horses being released in the earth. But let me let you uh, go ahead and, and, and share with your thoughts in that area. Okay, so one of one of the creatures is, uh, one of the beasts is denoted by a man. And this symbolizes the, hum, uh, the compassion, the human compassion for the sufferers. Uh, another of the beasts is like a flying eagle. And again, this is a symbol that denotes that something is, high soaring, and also it can uh, be a symbol for intelligence and judgment, which is descending from a high place, uh, and it's fatally upon the ungodly. Uh, As, for instance, when a king gives a decree uh, for war on certain people, it comes from a high place. And uh, so those are some of the... uh, those are the ones that I have listed here. Uh, there is one more, and I'm sorry I don't have it right here. Um, so we're going to see symbolisms in terms of the horses, uh, and, and we'll talk about those as we go. Um, so that that was some of the uh, that was some of what I was beginning to uh, see here. There's a lot of symbolism, and we have to we have to go carefully as we go because uh, some of it can get mixed up. So I just wanted to try to clarify uh, that point. So we know also, too, that it's a point of time of scarcity on the earth, um, scarcity of probably of water, scarcity of provisions of food. Um, we know that there's reports that only a certain percentage of the water is clean in the earth now. And I wonder, you know, there was a time that there was a struggle for resources um, back in, even in in uh, the early times of the, the Romans' rule in the earth. Uh, there was a struggle for resources, so that's why they kind of came into that area so that they can start possessing resources, the resources in that particular area. Now we see that uh, there's a struggle uh, for wealth. In, in the world, uh, you know, the oil can be um, considered as, I know that that's not the oil that they're talking about because when we refer to wine and oil, we're, we're talking about uh, a different thing there. But I'm just saying that there's a struggle for uh, gold and, and diamonds and, and so many different things on the earth. Um, you know, people uh, are, are desiring wealth. The greed, greed spirit is is in effect when you when you're talking about um, the balances. Uh, Minister Belinda, what are your thoughts in that area? Well, when you read Revelations and uh, mm-hmm. you listen to the wisdom of God, you can see some of that stuff taking place now. You know, when he says that the peace will be taken from the earth, God is the author of peace. So when this is taken, he says men will start killing each other, and they're doing that now. Uh, Just the masses, it's beyond measure now. It's beyond what we've seen through the years. It's getting worse. Uh, You got corporate, the, the spirit of greed. 
the lack of humanity in mankind. They are going. I mean, water rights are being taken from different countries. So there's a control over the water rights. Uh, uh, agriculture is now becoming a mass corporation uh, funded uh, program. You've got yeah. food uh, plants now that with that MOG modification, they have no seeds in them. Mm-hmm. So if there's no, if they keep producing these fruits and it has no seeds, then you can't plant anything on your own. So you're going to be dependent on that force. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and the, there's people that no longer have rights to their land. Land possession has taken place. So mm-hmm. if you have no land, you don't own any land, you can't survive unless you go to those forces. Wow, wow. So, That's so I mean, you look at it, Revelate, that part of the beginning is in motion now. Mm-hmm. They even, mm-hmm. I read something that they're saying, uh, they're going to try to force mandate and pass it through the legislation of people having these little capsules put in their skin. Right, right. Well, well I and, don't know. Go ahead. And after a while, there is going to be no money. There will be, uh, it's getting to the place they talk about, they're not going to paper, have paper money. Mm-hmm. So if everything is by, we're going to be buying uh, food, very seldom there'll be any grocery stores. We could buy them over the internet. So you got to use a card. So they control the banks. And if they want to take money out of your account, they can do that. You know, it could come to that place where they can deny when you go to use it, you can't. Right, right. There's a lot, I mean, a lot of this that you see uh, uh, when you say the famine. You're seeing that now. You're seeing people leaving areas because man has become so immoral. And mm-hmm. there's that no respect for uh, uh, human life. Uh, we were brought up in scriptures, uh, respect your mother, honor your mother and your father. That is becoming obsolete. Yeah. Man has it's turned so far it's from God. Taught. And it's being taught uh-huh. that when you're, it's already been, have been being taught yeah. for many years that you are emancipated yeah. if you sit and you move out of the home, you can do whatever you want to do. And when you're 18, you, you're you an adult, so you can do whatever you want to do, but they're not telling them you're living in your parents' house. You have to abide by yeah. some rules because you're not the Ooh. one that's governing the, the roof. Um, which, but you which got 14-year-olds and 13-year-olds yeah. walking like they're grown, cutting their parents' the family structure. Yeah, go ahead. Yes. Breaks down the but family structure. You, yes, mm-hmm. you 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 have a, a a rise in children, uh, uh, becoming promiscuous at thirteen, uh, twelve, having more than one relationship, more, mm-hmm. more than one man, you know, and mm-hmm. and thinking they could come in and out the house, mm-hmm. or as they want to. So right. there's a it's growing more so to where mm-hmm. if you don't have that decency 
Well, I can do whatever I want to. I can rape this person. I can kill it. There's so many reports of men molesting babies. Mm-hmm. So yeah. if, mm-hmm. if you just if you look at this and read this, it'll make you understand. Yeah. You know, the yeah. family, because the people leaving this one country, they're giving them a, a small package that's supposed to last them a month. And it's it's not possible. So you see the 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 decrease of food. But like you say, the rich will have it because they 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 they're gathering up the resources and taking control of them. But that's all I got to say. Yeah, that's that's good, and it's it's very important to get a clear picture of what this looked like because. When you talk about scarcity in the earth, it becomes, uh, um, I think, for a lot of people, it's going to become fearful. And maybe just like when uh, Katrina and Rita, when Rita came, people were trying to come out of Houston out of fear of what was getting ready to happen, yet some turned to animal-like instinct. The same thing with Katrina. Uh, when people are pressed, uh, the ways of thinking begin to change. It's like I got to take care of my own. I got to take survival of the fittest mode comes in. And not only survival of the fittest comes in, but um, it's like me, myself, and I. It becomes selfish. And uh, so those that maybe or have the monies and they're not in Christ, it, it, it can change their way of thinking can change even people that are in Christ their way of thinking can change under pressure uh, so we don't really know what the full extent of this is going to look like but we can see from different events that had I mean there were reports uh, I can't I can't confirm it but you know there were reports that people were left on roofs and they were riding by certain individuals when they were private entities that were supposed to be hoping to save people, but they wrote by certain individuals and they left some. So we have to, um, we have to know our relationship with God in this hour, and we need to know that we trust him, we believe him, and that he's going to be, for, be there with us. Now, when we talk about increased murders, increased crime in the, in the earth, now let me. I want to read this report because this is this is an actual report from NRA, uh, Carrie Gord Insurance, um, and it says, "I will not. I will never carry a gun without carrying this." And I'm not in politics now. I'm not a political person, but it says America America's most complete self defense insurance program and training for those who carry a gun. And it says, insurance you can rely on, created and endorsed by NRA and backed by insurance leader uh, Westchester. Now, this insurance is is only as good as the organizations backing it, is what it says. Um, when it comes 
to the safety of you and your family who are putting your trust in. NRA, NRA Carrie Gord is the only personal protection membership with individual benefits backed by Lockton and underwritten by Westchester, two of the world's largest, best, respected providers of insurance-backed protection. Now, this means that anyone that has a gun and they shoot someone, they're protected. Whether they have a self-defense mechanism by this insurance policy. And it says gun owners deserve the fiercest champion of their rights on their side. So um, it's, it kind of sounds like, I mean, and they have a bronze level of 250000 protection for civil protection and 50000 for criminal defense. This is if you carry a gun. So if you shoot someone, in other words, here's protection for you they can fight for you and help you through this process after you have shot someone. If it's criminal defense protection, 100,000 criminal defense on a silver level, 500,000 on a civil protection, which means, you know, kind of like that case with Zimmerman, uh, he was acting on a civil order that was by the state legislation said you, you, can, you can take course to kill someone if they are, you know, uh, if it appears that they're create, doing an act that is not of the law, yeah. if it appears, okay. So, um, one million on a gold level, okay. One million civil protection, one hundred and fifty in criminal defense. Uh, if it's a gold plus, you get one point five million, and civil protection and two hundred and fifty in criminal defense. Now, that's a whole lot of uh, coverage for making sure that someone who uses that gun is going to be able to be defended, to be defended. To me, it's an appearance like it's a license to say, go and kill, we're going to protect you. Use the gun uh, to your best interest, and we're going to protect you with this insurance, NRA, Kerry Gord Insurance. Now, uh, when we talk about the increase of murders this year in America alone and throughout the whole world, we're talking about a huge influx by war, by, by uh, famine because of illness, uh, and these are uh, man-made catastrophic events that have caused the famine in a lot of these territories that are causing death, uh, destruction. Now, there used to be an old saying, I remember when I was in my teens, you know, in my teens to my 20s that said that uh, there is a certain people that think that if we eliminate people, uh, you know, let the, let the elderly pass off, let the, uh, uh, the sick and the disabled, let them pass off, then there will be more for us. You know, scarcity on the earth. I'm wondering how will this come into play? Um, These things have been in existence for some time, but it seems like it has increased. What what are your your thoughts on that, uh, Minister Gloria Vasquez? That we're on the yes. Go ahead. Uh, Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, it's true that these things 
this should at least things will increase. You know, um, in in the the breaking of the seals, it talks that when the seals were broken, the pronouncement of come. It says uh, come, mm-hmm. and it it there's still in the in the invitation to come. It this is the, still the gospel. Still, when the Lord Jesus gave His church the commission to take forth the gospel, each one of the breakings of this seal uh, is um, the, the premises to come, and this is still making way, making room for the gospel, inviting the saints to come in to the kingdom. Mm-hmm. So even though there's famine and there's war and there's all these negative things. Still, mm-hmm. all of these events that are denoted by the breaking of the seals, it is mm-hmm. still from the time that Jesus is here until his second coming, there's an open invitation to come in spite of uh, the breaking of the seals, especially the, four, the, four of the first four seals have that mm-hmm. invitation. So in spite of what, whatever famine, war, uh, pestilence, uh, there's still the invitation, uh, and I think that has to be um, that has to be uh, foremost in in this uh, teaching, because otherwise people will think that it's all calamity, that it's all the end, and that you know they should just find a mountain or find some hole and and, and go hide in it, and it's not like that. And uh, that, this was the this was the point that I was trying. This was the point that I was trying to make at the beginning that there are creatures, uh, the, the four living creatures that are spoken of in, in, this, uh, in the book of Revelation. And um, the first of these creatures was the lion, and the lion uh, represented the boldness of the saints in crying out to God. And so to me, this denotes the relationship of the saints throughout all of this period, from the, from the first coming of Christ until his second coming. There is an ongoing relationship of the saints with their God, with the Lord, and there's an open communication with him. And while the four living creatures are saying, come, the saints upon the earth are spreading the gospel, and they're getting the good news out there, and there are more coming in in spite of these events. Uh, there's mm-hmm. there's no sure date. There's no sure date of the Lord's coming, but all of these breaking of the seals are happening throughout this uh, time, um, mm-hmm. and the gospel is going forth. And so the the second creature, which was I'm, I'm going to go back to this. To me, this is really important. Um, the second creature was uh, the, the the metaphor of this creature was the oxen. And it shows the patience of the saints, even amidst the judgment of the earth, even amidst the famines. We're seeing that today. We see the earthquakes today. We see the, the hurricanes and the, the famine. And yet the patience of the saints to persevere in their, uh, in their commission to bring forth the gospel, uh, even amidst all these sufferings. The third uh, is, is man. Uh, denoted by man, and this shows the human compassion for the sufferers. And the sufferers will be everyone on the earth, and so everyone is invited to come into the kingdom. Uh, Mm -hmm. And the saints have this ability to show 
um, compassion, even through the events that are happening, even as they themselves are involved, uh, that they have to go through the hurricanes, they go through the pestilence and the suffering. And the fourth of the creatures is again the um, the flying eagle, which denotes an intelligence and uh, the judgment which is descending from above. Uh, but it is for the ungodly. Uh, and so the saints have in their mind that they have a king that's in charge of all of these things. Uh, now, are, so, you referring to the, are you referring to the third seal that was broken where the the uh, um, I'm, the scarcity is? Or I'm just I'm go referring, ahead. I'm referring to the four living creatures uh, uh, that um, okay. when the first when the first seal was broken in Revelation 6, verse 1, it said, Then I saw when the Lamb broke one of the seven seals, and I heard one of the four living creatures uh, saying, as with a loud voice of thunder. Uh, so the creatures. Um, um, I'm, I'm, let me let me read this again. Let me read um, that third seal. Um, I'm referring to the third seal in Revelation six verse five, where it says, "When he okay. opened, the, I heard the third living creature say, Come and see.' So I looked and behold a black horse, and and he who sat on it had a pair of scales." In his hand, a pair of scales. Um, when we talk about two scales, we what what do we look at when we talk about two scales? What are we thinking of? It's it's like balance, or what what would be the thought there? And then, and I I heard a voice in the midst of the four living creatures saying, "A quart of wheat for a denarius." Um, which was was uh, corn, which is a wage. Um, it's a wage. It's a, a whole uh, period of wage that they're going to give him a quart of wheat for, which means that the inflation has come. And then three quarts of barley for the denarius, and do not harm the oil and the wine. Um, so this spirit is being released in the earth because if we refer back to Zechariah chapter 6, it refers that the angel is making a point that this is a spirit uh, that is being released uh, into the earth of, of uh, you know, bringing scarcity in. And there's no balance in it because, you know, we have uh, – you know, higher levels, and we have lower levels, hierarchies upon hierarchies, principalities upon principalities, and and they're able to function because this spirit of scarcity has been released in the earth. Um, I think you're speaking of the fourth, maybe the fourth one, where um, it says, when he opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth living creature saying, Come and see. And then so he says, So I looked and behold a pale horse. And the name of him who sat on it was Death. And Hades followed with him. And power was given to them over the fourth of the earth. And to kill 
with sword and with hunger and with death and by the beast of the earth. Um, Minister Belinda, when we're talking about not having equity in the earth, um, we, we know that the equity in the earth hasn't been there before. Um, what what do you perceive is going on there as far as now, or, or as far as the Great Tribulation period as not having equity in the earth? Okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. Not having equity in the earth. Uh, scarcity and no equity because the scales. Um, he had a pair of scales in his hand. Um, yeah. Mm. Well, scales is like balances. You you weigh something, you know, mm-hmm. and, and if it's going to be a certain amount, then that's the only amount that's going to be. And then if you have no equity, it's like a house. If you have no equity in your house, you have nothing to uh, have collateral to get something else. So there's going to be a lack. But, you know, when this was written, it was written by the Spirit of God. And and when he said, come see, it means come and see this. The vision that was being given, he told him to come and look at this. So this stuff is going to be released. But God was given understanding. This portion will be released. And at this time, this portion will be released. Mm-hmm. And I don't. And so, I, I again. And I hear what the, the Gloria is saying that that it's not, you know, for the saints of God, this is knowledge and wisdom. It's not a scare yeah. tactic. Okay. Right. He said, "My people mm-hmm. perish for lack of knowledge and, and, and wisdom and understanding." Okay, for lack mm-hmm. of knowledge. Okay, so if I lack to read this word. To understand, if I look at Revelation and I don't have no understanding of what this is saying, I don't even bother to read Revelation, and I'm a saint of God, all of this work, that mm-hmm. when these signs shall come, I, I can be uh, uh, led to walk in fear. Mm-hmm. But God says, when we get understanding from God why this is going to happen, and that even like when it's happening, there is still hope for those that don't know the Lord. Mm-hmm. This is, and it's, and it's, a, it's saying to the saints, this will happen. So that it's mm-hmm. time to get grounded and rooted in God. Mm-hmm. But that calling has been from the beginning, of, you know, the beginning when Jesus came. So when you receive the Lord, it's time to get rooted and grounded in him, period. When he says build your house on the rock, not on sand, because when the mm-hmm. storms come, if you don't have no, he said, and let your roots, what's that scripture, uh, be next to the still waters, uh, deep in it. Mm-hmm. If a tree has roots way down, you've seen trees that been here for like five hundred years or whatever. These trees are stable in the ground. Mm. So. Uh, when things come, it hasn't overtaken them. Mm-hmm. So if God is saying, have your roots deep in him, that's deep right. 
in the ground, but it means deep in him. So he's telling us that when when these come, these come, you are not going to be moved because you're rooted and grounded in God's word. His wisdom tells you, okay, without the root ground of God, if these things come, I could be moved to insanity. Insanity means the acts of immoral acts. I become, like you said, it's about me and my family. And I'll kill another human being just to get the bread. Or I will lose my compassion to help someone else. These are the things that Christ says uh, in uh, Corinthians, you know, what love is. Who, who, is the, who is the originator of love? The true essence of love is God. But I can't, if I take this in seriousness and put it mm-hmm. in my heart, then when trouble comes, he said, I will not be moved. If I have established myself God's word, I will not be moved. I can stand and see it and not be overtaken by fear. I know that the word says this and that. It separates. It tells me what I need to hold on to, what I need to cast down. Then in this time, we would be able to minister to someone else, be able to give our bread to someone. But without, he's saying, come see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We don't that, what God is saying. Mm-hmm. And that, that is a key point because the, the what the beast is saying is, is what's so important. He's saying uh, to look at these things and he's... Um, the also too, you know, when the seals are being opened, uh, he's given a revelation. This is what I'm seeing. This is what's happening. Um, this is yes. what's going to happen. And so, which is important, we need to know and take understanding on it so that we will know that, okay, um, we're not shaken. We're not troubled. We're not moved by it. As Jesus said in Matthew 24, he said, be, be not troubled. And so in order for yeah. us not to be troubled, most of the time if you, you take in uh, all of a sudden, you, even if you're working in a, a, a job, all of a sudden they come and they say, uh, here's a change. Uh, so um, uh, you're no longer doing it this way. You have to do it this way. It becomes, You become a little off base because it's like change is coming You've been so in a momentum of, of consistency of doing it a certain way, and all of a sudden, bam, you can't do it that way no more, no matter how you want to, because regulations or policies, whatever the reason is, um, you can't function the way that you used to. So if you become troubled a little bit, if you become startled. But the more you know in advance that this, this change is going to eventually come and it progresses to that time, and you are already informed, you will be less troubled. And so it's important for the body of Christ and for anyone out there to kind of get a clear picture of what they may be facing. And, you know, in the Holy Bible, um, in in the book of uh, 2 Kings, you know, there were some extreme things going on. A lot of people, they don't like to read about the whole Bible and see what's going on because 
there's some parts in there that 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 may be distasteful for someone, but it's a fact, and it happened because it's the word of God, and and we have to face it, and we have to adapt, and we have to move forward in the mind of Christ. So in in Second um, Kings chapter six, I'm I'm just going to read uh, twenty nine. No no need to go there. Uh, but this is what was going on during the time of the famine. I'm actually going to start from 24 and just read it. Um, it came to pass after this that Ben-Hadad, king of Syria, gathered all his hosts and went up and besieged Samaria, and there was a great famine in Samaria. And behold, they besieged it until an um, ass's head was sold for four score pieces of silver, and the fourth part of the cab of dove's dung for five pieces of silver. The dung was being sold. And as the king of Israel was passing by upon the wall, there cried a woman unto him, saying, Help, my lord, O king. And he said, if the Lord do not help thee, whence shall I help thee? Out of the born floor or out of the wine press? And the king said unto her, What aileth thee? And she answered, This woman said unto me, Give thy son that we may eat him today, and we, we will eat my son tomorrow. So we bore my son and did eat him. And I said unto her, on that next day, give thy son that we may eat him. And she had, had hid her son. And it came to pass when the king heard the words of the woman that he, his, he rent his clothes. And he, passes, he passed by up on the wall, and the people looked, and behold, he had sackcloth within upon his flesh. And then he said, God, do so. And more also to me, if the head of Elisha, the son of uh, Shepherd, shall stand on him this day. And 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 now, so I'm I'm just looking at this from a biblical standpoint. During a famine, uh, the mindset of the people um, they it had gone returned to animal like instincts because of the pressure of scarcity, because of the pressure. Of, of not having things the way that they were used to having, uh, they begin to result for to other measures of survival, uh, survival of the fittest. And um, we're just giving a picture of the of what the Great Tribulation could look like. I'm not saying that that's what it will be like. We pray that it's not, um, but we don't know. And, um, you know, but looking at this time, this is what happened. Now we look at we can look at it dimensionally. Look at the thoughts of the people who didn't have understanding and how to deal with it. Look at the how they perceived the prophets, how they perceived the the teachers of the gospel, because they wasn't telling what they wanted to hear, so they wanted to find them and and destroy them. Um, this is Jeremiah. Uh, so. Uh, looking at these things going on, it it could. We're not saying that this is what it would be like. Uh, we pray uh, for grace. We pray for mercy. But he said, for the elect's sake, he would shorten it. For he will shorten it. 
So um, let's look at it and let's be for real about it because why why was must we play about with God's work? Um, Minister Glory, share your thoughts. My thought is that we're talking about two separate groups of people. And in this, it's important to, uh, to make the distinction of where these judgments are coming from and mm-hmm. how they're being handled by the two separate groups. And so before, okay. we were talking about living creatures, and I think we were struggling a little bit with the uh, who are these living creatures? And I just wanted to uh, make a reference here to um, I'm looking at Eastern's Bible dictionary. So, uh, in terms of the living creatures as represented by Ezekiel uh, and John, and these are the, the in, in their prophetic uh, in their prophetic uh, roles in Ezekiel uh, 110, um, and uh, it says. Now it came about the 13th year, on the fifth day of the fourth month, while I was by the river, Tibar, among the exiles, the heavens were open, and I saw visions of God. On the fifth of the month, the fifth year of the king, Jehoiakim's exile, the word of the Lord came expressly to Ezekiel the priest, son of Buzi, in the land of the Chaldeans by the river, Tibar. And there the hand of the Lord came upon him. And as I looked, behold, a storm wind was coming from the north, a great cloud, while fire flashing forth continually, and a bright light around it, and in its midst something like glowing metal in the midst of the fire. And he talks, he says, within it there were figures resembling four living beings. And he goes on to describe the living beings. And then John in Revelation 4 uh, again, John talks about a scene that, as a prophet, he has seen uh, uh, this uh, heavenly scene. And he says, After these things, I look and behold the door standing open in heaven. And the first voice, which I had heard, like the sound of a trumpet speaking with me, said, Come up here, and I will show you what must take place after these things. Immediately I was in the spirit, and behold, a throne, and standing in heaven, and one sitting on the throne. And he was sitting was like a jasper stone and a sardius in appearance, and there was a rainbow around the throne, like an emerald in appearance. Around the throne were 24 thrones, and upon the thrones I saw 24 elders sitting clothed in white garments and golden crowns on their heads. And he goes on to describe the scene, and he talks about uh, the cherubim, and these are the creatures that are there. And the cherubim uh, are distinguished from angels. In Revelation 15:7, it says, Then one of the four living creatures gave to the seven angels seven bowls full of wrath of God, who lives forever and ever. Wrath of God was given. Um, by the four creatures, okay, uh, their cherubim. In Ezekiel 10:2, it says, And he spoke to the man clothed in linen and said, Enter between the whirling wheels under the cherubim and fill your hands with coals of fire from between the cherubim and scatter them over the city. And he entered in my sight. In verse 7, Ezekiel 10, 7, it says, Then the cherub stretched out his hand from between the cherubim to the fire, which was between the cherubim, 
took some and put it into the hands of the one who clothed the linen, uh, who took it out and went out. So I, I, I just want to say here that these decrees, these judgments are from God. That we're dealing with two sets of people. We're dealing with the ones, the wicked, who are being judged. But the church, the kingdom of God, is still on the earth. And how we, we talked about the four faces and how they are significant because the four faces denote how the church, how the saints of God are going to go through this tribulation time. They will go through with boldness. They will go through with patience. They will go through with the knowledge of God, the wisdom of God, and um, they will have they will have empowerment from on high. So when, uh, when you're talking about the, the people uh, and, and about this tribulation, we have the church coming through it, and we also have uh, the ungodly. Amen. Yep, amen. I totally agree with that um, because, I mean, he pointed that out in Matthew 24 to 21 through 22. Um, again, because the elect's destiny will be different from that of the, you know, what the Lord, because we not we don't want to judge anyone, and we all want to be in prayer that we will be a part of that elect. We don't want to uh, push ourselves up and think that we could possibly not be that elect. Um, it's something that we're all striving to get to, but let's let's. Uh, talk about it now. Those that the Lord, with His own eyes and with his, Him searching the heart of man, who He has determined uh, to be wicked or who He has determined um, to not be a part of His elect, uh, yeah, they will be going through that that um, suffering. They will be going through it. And and looking at what uh, the Lord has given as a picture, um, he talks about the third, when that third seal is open, he talks about that um, there's there's going to be some extreme things going on. Um, when we're talking about uh, you buying wheat for a wage, um, some people may make uh, 150 per week. One One person may make uh, 200, 250 uh, to 300 per week, but it's a way, it's a wage, it's a measurement, a, a wage that is measured, and they're saying that you're going to take that wage, that full wage, and you're going to be paying for wheat. This, this, can you imagine going and buying a bag of uh, wheat flour for your whole entire wage if it's $300? And can you imagine a buying three measures of barley? Um, as well for for uh, you know the the scenarios as the Bible says uh, for for you know your wage for the amount of money that you have made one day's wage for a worker is is the the interpretation one day's wage in in the Greek one day's wage. So that's an extreme circumstance. If you've taken, let's say the one day's wage is $80 to $125, you're taking that whole 
one day to buy wheat. That's that's quite a bit of money there. Um, and we already see that the prices of the food are, is, is going higher. Um, there's various reasons for that. Uh, catastrophic events makes it hard to transfer um, from, you know, certain one point to another, and the gas prices go up. Uh, there's various reasons for those things occurring, and it has happened before, but uh, it, there is a higher incline on the prices. Um, I don't know about the regions and the areas that you guys are in and, and how what you're experiencing, but I know globally uh, there is an incline on prices for items. Uh, what are your thoughts in that area, Minister Belinda? Well, I just went to the grocery store yesterday, <laughs> and my income is in a change. So when I went to the store yesterday, they were uh, I usually get 12, two dozen things of eggs, and it was a dollar something. It's three something. I can I look at something that I normally got for two fifty is now two eighty something. But if I did don't did know the Lord and know that my resources come from God, and how do I know that? It's because I have read the Word of God. I have learned to rely on the Word of God. So I I don't go to the store without God going with me. Yeah. So I've changed. Up, God says, "Go get these things." I'm mm-hmm. getting a lot more produce, and I'm getting some strange food. But I look at it; it's like uh, for a bushel, it was like a dollar something. And I said, "I'm going to learn how to. What is that? I'm going to. I read it. It can substitute potatoes. So I'm trying different uh, things, and 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 tasting different things. Mm-hmm. But all of this." I I know that God said, and he said, uh, look to the hill, which your help cometh from. Mm-hmm. You know, God owns the, cat, the uh, full cattle of a thousand hills, the fullness of the earth, and all the silver and gold belongs to him. But what if I didn't have that? I would be feeling mm-hmm. hopeless. You know, and we're reading this. Come see me. God is, is asking people. What if John had not given himself to God and God said, come see? We would have no knowledge of what's coming. Mm-hmm. It is a great love from God telling people to come see. He desires that nobody be lost. Exactly. And there will, there will be an opportunity for all of us, you know, those that will hear God. And, and and call out to God in that time, you know, because it's going to take God for you to come out. It's going to take the power of God for you to over. When you have no money, mm-hmm. and this is mm-hmm. testament for those that have gone through famine, you look at the remnant. Mm-hmm. There's always been a remnant of God, His people that refused to bow down to Baal. Refused to serve any other God, yes. even in famine, and they mm-hmm. survived. Yeah, you know, no man can do this in himself. So God is making a cry as we read Revelations. 
Not right. for fear, people. If you don't know God, he's telling you to come down. Come down. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, the, the, uh, oh, the Lord, I had it from the Lord when you were speaking. Uh, but there will be a time as we read on in this that there'll be no hope. He doesn't want anybody to get to that place. That's why he gave yeah. John the revelations to write revelations. Mm. This is an opportunity to know what will befall all the world. His saints mm-hmm. will make it. You know, even now, people, the saints of God, when you go through a tribulation or a a a uh, something that you're going through is hard, it is building character in you. It's bringing it's bringing you to a substance, a strength. Mm-hmm. You will go, he says, from glory to glory, strength to strength. You can't. Those things are to prepare you to be able to stand. To be able to know by surety, my God is God. I I had no money, and my God supplied my need. Need I didn't know where my money was coming from. I had no food, and I stood on the word of God, and food came to me out of nowhere. People knocked on my these 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 testaments are real. Mm-hmm. The God gets sent by somebody's door with money. Amen. But where did it come from? It came by the word of God and the power mm-hmm. of God, which says that it will power and strength will come from heaven. What made people not accept? What made people, normal people, neighbors, watch while thousands of Jews were killed? Community neighbors taking them out to to a field and just shooting mothers and babies, people and letting them fall into deep pits. Some people chose not to. Even if it cost them their lives, they said, I will not do this. And they were shot. This has already taken place. Helping people to put people in gas chambers and, and, and ovens. Not all people participated. No man does that on their own. No woman, mm-hmm. even children, stood up. What gave them that strength? Okay, that is God Come see. Amen. Come and see. And I I do think it's important for us to take clear understanding on what are the possibilities that could happen during the Great Tribulation. But now we want to focus on the solutions. And you you gave a very good solution and you gave um, a very good example as to why um, we must be connected with our Lord and Savior in the truth and spirit. Um, and and not to be fooled because he said there will be many false prophets. So um, uh, let's talk about the solution on how a person, an individual out there that may be listening in, 
that doesn't know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, or maybe someone that um, is a Christian but just haven't experienced that Christian growth that that they maybe want to have, what would you uh, say, Minister Gloria, to that person? You know, interestingly, uh, throughout these scriptures, uh, I see that it says, and I heard, and I saw, and I beheld. And how important yeah. it is for us to be aware of of, of the Lord's presence when, and as he's moving in our lives to follow, to be able to see what he's showing us, to hear what he's telling us, to have an open ear to the gospel, to hear the invitation of the Lord, to be in his word and be aware as he speaks to us through his word by the Holy Spirit. Uh, as he's giving us those uh, situations and bringing us through the situations and giving us the testimony that we have, Uh, to be aware of these things and to move uh, with the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives um, and accept the invitation. I I mean, at some point, we've got to be fully aware of it. You know, there's a time in our lives when perhaps we're young or we're distracted and uh, we're not aware of the Lord's calling and invitation. But at some point, we've got to consciously be aware of the Lord moving in our lives and of his invitation and understand that we need to respond because even as we're perhaps ignoring, in the ignoring, that in itself is a response. Mm-hmm. If we're ignoring God, if we're not listening to his invitation, if we're not reading the word, uh, that is a response in itself. And how mm-hmm. long will we allow a negative response to speak for us? So we've got to, at some point, have a conscious acceptance, uh, have a conscious response where with a full mind, a full heart, the fullness of our strength, say to the Lord, in honesty, I receive uh, your call, Lord. I receive your invitation uh, to Mm -hmm. accept Jesus Christ, Lord and Savior, to come into the kingdom uh, in, in the fullness of who we are and with all that we have. And to lay it at the feet of the Lord and say, I am here. I'm here, Lord. Um, so I, I think that's important. Well, it, it, you know, I think it's also important that um, people know that not all the time that uh, people who walk in the gifts of God are going to say something positive because um, it will be negative things said. Uh, like at the time of Jeremiah, um, they would say Jeremiah probably was one of the most negative um, uh, speaking prophets at that time, but everything that he said came to pass. It didn't drop to the ground and die out. It manifested. And so um, a lot of times there's going to be a lot of things that's going to come out when the Lord is uh, putting things up on people's heart, but it's for an awakening, especially if it is the word of God. Um I I believe that the Lord is going to be, uh, he is, even right now in this hour, sparking people to tell the truth. Um, This is the real nature of God, so that people can come into the light, come into the reality that I I need, you know, if if someone is running into the street and if I see them getting ready to run out and a car is coming, I may go and grab them back 
you know, with force, and they may hit the ground. But in the end, they were saved from that vehicle that they're getting ready to get hit from. Uh, sometimes there's an urgency in the word to wake wake up the soul that is sleeping because um, it, it it doesn't remember God anymore. It doesn't have that revelation of God anymore. Um, and it becomes sensitized to systems and traditions uh, that are not wrote by God. So sometimes there's an urgency uh, by the word, and it, it, the word of God sometimes thinks you don't even have to uh, give a message behind it. You can just post the word of God as it is, and a person may read it and they will take it negative. But it's all meant positive in the eyes of God because it's waking a person's mind up to see, look, I'm going the wrong way. I need to wake up, and I need to align with God. When Hilda, uh, uh, the prophet, opened up the Bible, um, there was a lot of things they were doing that wasn't right. When Isaiah came into the presence of the Lord, he realized how his the 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 filth of his mouth. He re- realized he said even the people around him, their their mouth was dirty um, in the eyes of God because he began to see himself in the reflection of the Lord. Um, some may be unbalanced because the reflection of the Lord is not there. But I w- I want to point out uh, uh, and when we're looking at solutions. Uh, we can see that Isaac, the Bible says that Isaac was continued in, in the way of uh, his father who knew God, and he also had that personal relationship because when Isaac passed, when Isaac died, it said that he gave up the ghost. He gave up the spirit of God. So we know that he was walking in the, the uh, uh, in the things of God. And then also, too, the Bible said during the sermon, it said Isaac prospered. Isaac prospered. So uh, just looking from the word of God, we can see that there were uh, people that the Lord gave us as reference to in the Bible that were able to be sustained through uh, severe circumstances, through trials. And we can look at that as an example of how we can pass through. Of course, Jesus is our ultimate example. Uh, Jesus is our ultimate example, but God gave us the whole entire word uh, for life, for life. So Isaac, uh, not only did he, uh, he prospered through that famine, but he was able to, all of his servants were able to survive the famine because of the wisdom of God, the knowledge of God, the understanding of God that the Lord had given him. The Father had said, uh, my people perish in more than one scripture. They perish because of lack of vision. They perish because of lack of knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. Uh, so without those things that we have to get from God, it doesn't come from man. It can come from revelation that God has given to man, but our ultimate connection should be where we are attached to the vine that we might live and not die. Because when we are attached to the vine, we are, we, we're getting a release from the revelation of the Lord from directly from him, and he's going to sustain us. We may not be able to get to uh, a place, but we can get to God. We may not be able to um, have, have access to a, a Bible, but 
it can be written on our heart because we have we have ate eaten it, we have drank it, we have uh lived with it, we have dined with it, and we know that this is God, and no one else can come re and pluck the seed out because the seed is in us and it has become fruitful and is regenerating, it's not going anywhere. Another person in the Bible, Joseph, survived through a famine because Joseph received the revelation from God of what to do at the particular season and the hour and the timing was necessary. So there are uh, direct information in the Word of God. There's Elijah. There's uh, Elisha. They survived. They survived through extreme circumstances and time, and they were able to talk to God, and God was answering them. They were receiving from God. Are we that elect person? Do we have that that type of connection? Do we have that type of relationship with God that we will be sustained in that hour? And I, I question that. I say that because I'm always pondering with God daily. Uh, I know because uh, we we can have been living a certain life pattern for many years, and we have been learning from others for many years, and not really truly be taken on the essence of what God has mandated for man under His sovereign will. There's many great. Uh, <coughs> Teachers out there, there's many great things, but oh, do we have that direct relationship with God ourselves? Are we the revelation uh, John of Patmos? Do we have that type of uh, relationship where God is feeding us for this hour? Uh, are we uh, walking um, as the apostles did? Are we displaying the trueness of and the spirit of God in the earth? Do we have that elect relationship with God? Minister Belinda, please share your thoughts on and on the solutions for the body of Christ. Yes, uh, it's simply accepting God as your Savior, and then letting God teach you. He'll take you into all wisdom and all knowledge. You know, but it you have to have be be able to say, Lord. When he says, as, as Sister Velasquez said, and, and Sister, uh, Jesus, help me. I know your name. Minister Gloria. Uh, no, uh, Dr., I mean, Sister Velasquez and Sister Donna. And uh, you're going to have to, you know, people can give you. We're not dis dis uh, assimilating the body of Christ, but the body of Christ. You have to let God explain to you, give you the depthness of what that means, and it only comes by spending time in the Word and praying, and sitting before God and asking Him. All your answers are in this Bible, mm-hmm. but you have to be willing to to let God teach you. It's black and white. But you have to be the spirit. It, the Bible, the black and white, becomes alive by the spirit of God. And God will take you through whatever you're going through. There's an answer because it's all in the scripture. Famine, war, pestilence, 
uh, uh, heartbreak, all of it. There's not one thing that on this earth that is not in this Bible. And he said there's nothing new under the sun. This is a a regeneration of the same old stuff, but in a greater form. But the answer has always been God. Mm -hmm. You know, and when he says the body of Christ, you've got to know the order of God. What is the body of Christ? What is it for? We ought to pray for one another, help one another, but by the word of God. It is not by our personalities. It's not by our thoughts. It's by the word of God, the pure word of God. And then there comes a part that you have to do. I can feed somebody. But it's your responsibility to eat the word and to pick this word up yourself. You will never get to the place God wants you if you don't invest time in God. And say, here I am, Lord, have free reign and will over me. He will take you to heights, to glory, but it's in his word. I can bear witness to this. I left with four kids, nobody in the bank, no family members here in Oklahoma except a brother in Oklahoma City, and God told me to sojourn. Everything that I have now has come by the Spirit of God. And as Sister Donna says, he constantly says, we, we perish for lack of knowledge, We perish because of lack of dreams and vision. We perish for the lack of wisdom and understanding. And he said, I come that none would be lost. He said, I came to give you life and life more abundantly. He didn't come to make us depressed. He didn't come to make us as failures. You know, if you fall, God is more than capable of picking you up. Stay on the road. If you lack, ask God. He's not looking at your lack of degrees. If you have not finished high school, he's not looking at that. He's looking at your willingness to let him take you down the road. And all these things will be added to you. God can enable you to learn how to read if you don't know how to read. He can enable you to fill out an application when you don't know how to. He's able to get you a high school diploma. All of it comes through the word of God. And what Donna is saying, you've got to be willing to take correction. And sometimes that correction is going to be hard against your flesh. But if you're willing to hear God, he has a reason to tell you what he tells you. The book of Jeremiah is the book that God gave me. When he first called me and told me, I called you as a prophetess amongst the nation. And every word that God gave me was correction, was a lot of things. And people, I, you got to be willing to take the backlash of people enough in the reality of it that God gave me, are you, do you love me? How much do you love me? He said that to Paul. The question was, 
Do you love me enough to get your hurt and your personality out the way? Because the offense is not unto you. It is unto me. Are you willing enough to love my people and give the word that I tell you? And let me be the judge of the word that is given. As Donna said, anybody in their right mind, if a child has no wisdom of the streets and cars, and children don't when they're young, those 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 cars are weapons. It can, it can be used as a good tool, and it can kill people. And if I see I have a child, and he, I see my child run to the streets, I'd have to be out of my mind not to go run and get that child. That's the same thing God does for, for us. Sometimes we are running to death. We are running, we there's destruction before us. And he has sent in that word to bring you out, that correction to make you come into the wisdom of God. I have taken much ridicule because of the words that God told me to speak. One was my son-in-law. And the word was given back to me by criticism. She's always telling people about death and destruction. God doesn't do that. Read your Bible. I have vision, and I see the casket on the road. And God said, tell him. And I went to him, and I said, David, God loves you, but if you don't stop and you don't listen to God, you're going to die. The Lord showed me a casket on the road, but it's not his will for you to die. Regardless of what the people said, I had to tell that word to him. It would be a week or two later, he was driving his motorcycle and hit a sign. And by the grace of God, he did not die. But see, he had that word. And he would later tell me, he came to my house to be recuperated. And when I walked in, I saw a man that looked like he should have been in a casket. That's how bad he looked. And all I can say is, oh, my Lord Jesus. And he said to me, he said, I got rid of that bike. He went to the hospital. God bears witness in threes. And the doctor said, I don't know how you survived. There must have been somebody up there looking after you. The nurse said, other people have came in with less injuries and they died. You had somebody watching over you. God spared him. And he got rid of that bike. Why did he get rid of that bike? Because he used his drugs. And God has been telling him, come to me and I'll deliver you. Amen. And the Lord can do that. He has given us an opportunity to be delivered and redeemed. And he did, um, you know, say some very important and key things in the word of God. But before that, I... uh, Go there. Um, I want to ask uh, Minister Gloria, uh, please share your final words with the body of Christ um, that the Lord has put on your heart today for those that uh, may be going through tribulations right now because we do have a lot of uh, people that listen in from other countries. Um, they may be experiencing some of that famine. They may be going through tribulations. They may be going through uh 
things in their life that we couldn't even imagine because, you know, they don't have insurance over there. They don't have food stamps. They don't have um, some of the very basic uh, uh, luxuries of life that uh, some of us have here in this country. They, They don't have it. What would you like to say to anyone in the world at this time? You know, in this uh, passage that we're studying in the book of Revelation 6, before those four seals were broken, each time the Lord put out a word, come. And, and it's an invitation into the kingdom, come into the kingdom where there is safety, where is the presence of the Lord, where is the power of God to overcome the tribulation that's coming. And so he, he puts out the uh, uh, the, the first seal is broken, and he says, "Come." You know, it, it, it's like a parent calling to his children, "Come into the safety, come into the place of uh, of, of salvation." And immediately after the invitation, it says that the white horse goes forth, and to the rider of the white horse is given the power to conquer, and he goes throughout the earth conquering. Then a second seal is broken, but before the second seal is broken, again, the invitation goes forth, come, come into the kingdom. And then, after the invitation, we see that the red horse goes forth, and the red horse is a symbol of blood. And here, it was for this rider, it was granted to this rider to take away the peace from the earth, and that men would slay each other and kill each other uh, through the sword. The third famine, again, first comes the invitation, come. And here a black horse goes forth. And the black horse is a symbol of sadness and wantonness. And it talks about right after the invitation by the Lord, this black horse goes forth, and he has this pair of scales. And the scales themselves are a symbol of scarcity and of uh, a lack of bread and a lack of provision. Had they come in first, they would have avoided not the calamity itself, but their way of being able to handle and overcome would change. And again, the fourth seal, before the fourth seal, the, the invitation comes. And the fourth seal, we see a horse that is ashen. And it's the horse of death, and the horse, the horse, uh, uh, it comes with it, haze or hell. But you know, we're talking about now the solutions to all of this. How the people of God, because we're talking about two distinct people here, and those that come into the kingdom are empowered. And we say, how are we empowered? How are we empowered to come through this tribulation? Because we're going to have to go through tribulation events. And in uh, in Galatians, if I can just read a little bit of this, it says, I have confidence in you, in the Lord, in the Lord, that you will adopt no other view. That means no other gospel. But the one who is disturbing you will bear his judgment. Because there is a judgment coming upon those that have not received the Lord, upon those who are remain wicked, whoever he is. But I, brethren, if I still preach circumcision, why am I still persecuted? Then the stumbling block of the cross has been abolished. 
I wish that those who are troubling you would even mutilate themselves. For you are called, you are called, you are called, you are invited to freedom, brethren. Not uh, to freedom, brethren. Only do not turn your freedom into an opportunity for the flesh. But through love, serve one another. So that's a solution. Serve one another through love. And that love is a gift of the Spirit. For the whole law is fulfilled in one, one word, in the statement, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, take care that you are not consumed by one another because the way you treat each other, the way it's going to come back on you. But I say, walk by the Spirit. There's a solution. Walk by the Spirit. And you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. The flesh will bring you into judgment. For the flesh sets its desire against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. So if you're not for the Lord, you're going to be against him through your, through your flesh. For these are in opposition to one another. So that you may not do the things that you please. But if you are led by the spirit... You are not under the law. Now, the deeds of the flesh are evident, and this is what brings man into judgment against God. This is why they're against God. And this is what the flesh is. These are the deeds of the flesh. It says, which are immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousies, outbursts of anger, disputes, dissensions, factions, Envying, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these, of which I forewarn you, forewarn you, just as I have forewarned you that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. And so the Lord says, come into the kingdom. But the fruit of the Spirit, and these are the things that help us to overcome the tribulations, the fruit of the Spirit is love. It is joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control against such deep things as these. There is no law. Now those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with his passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. Let us not become boastful, challenging one another, envying one another. And those are some of the solutions. Amen. Amen. And uh, I totally agree. That's absolutely that's the word of God. And um, I, I want to um, ask you, Minister Belinda, to please uh, share what the Lord has given you out of the word of God. Um, I'm going to come out of two uh, areas of the Bible for the solution myself. And I'm just going to read what thus says the Lord. Uh, Minister Belinda, please share what the Lord has given you um, to say uh, as to what the solution is for the whole world. Because remember, we're not just talking um, to uh, America. We have people in other countries, and they're hungry for to know. They want to know. So um, there's a lot of people that are listening in from even Russia. Um, what is the Lord saying to you? Um, is the solution for the body of Christ to overcome these great tribulations. 
Um, Minister Belinda, are you there? I'm sorry, I had it on mute, mute, because mm-hmm. my dog was putting her out. Okay, uh, I heard what you said. It's a simple answer. Come to God. You know, if you don't know God and you're questioning what's real, if you've been in churches and you've seen a lot of things and you're questioning that, then seek God for the truth because God will not lie. Uh, God is, it's not that hard. It's a simple thing of saying, Lord, show me who you are. And I say that because that was a simple thing. I did not go to churches. I stopped going when I was nine years old. And in my 30s, I wanted to know if God was real. Because I was at a place that nothing on this earth could help me. And if I didn't get help, I was leaving here. And I made a simple request. If there is a God, let me know. And the Spirit of God came in my home. I felt the presence I've never felt in my life. My hands went up and I started crying. Because when you ask God to let him reveal himself to you, and it's out of a sincere heart, God will show up. And all I could say, oh, my God, there's a living God. And in the Bible, he said there are many gods, but there's one living God. And the simplest answer I can tell you is the greatest. Before you leave this planet, you ask God for yourself. Is he real? There is a living God. And it's a God with power. Amen. I once prayed to a dead God as a child, and I prayed and asked for answers because we went through many tribulations as a child. And I became angry at that dead God and said, well, there's no God. You're not helping. But when I hooked up with the living God, I prayed, learned how to pray according to his word, and guess what, people? Power came from out of heaven. I seen my prayers being answered. I seen doors being opened. You know, when I had no food, God brought food. When I had no insurance, he kept my kids from, uh, when they had sickness, I could pray over them, lay hands on them, and God delivered them. Mm. Amen. Try it. And let him teach you this word. Amen. And that's all I got. Amen. Well, I want first I want to make a distinction here, um, according to the word of God, because there's gonna be a lot of people coming together. And the Bible, um, Jesus makes a clear distinction when he's praying, I'm gonna say read John chapter seventeen, that um there, there is a people who believe who um say that they're Christians but they're not Christians. Okay. There is a people who comes to teach, um, according to Second Thessalonians chapter two. I'm not going to read it, but read it yourself. 
there will be a people that come out. Again, there's falseness out there. So I want you to keep your eyes open, and I want you to read the Word of God yourself and be informed because there's a lot of false teaching going on there. There's a lot of false versions of the Bible out there that, that makes things sound pretty, um, and it keeps people off guard because it looks like everybody looks alike and everybody sounds alike, everybody talk alike type of thing. And, um, uh, you know, it's just rather unfortunate that those things are out there, but, you know, all I can do is tell you to read the Word of God yourself, as uh, Minister Belinda said. Have that relationship. Um, be informed about the Holy Bible, what God is saying, because remember, Jesus is the Word. So I just want to uh, make a clear, quick point here, first of all, uh, about how uh, the Bible says that there's going to be some um, things that are going on with people who uh, – come and they adjourn together, but they're not really of the same estate, that same abode of our Lord and Savior. Um, reading in Jude, the book of Jude, it says that hmm, the servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James to them that are sanctified by God the Father and preserved in Jesus Christ and call mercy unto you and peace and love be multiplied. And I'm reading out of the authorized King James Version, and it says, Beloved, when I give all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that ye should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. For there are certain men crept in unawares who were before of old ordained to the condemnation, ungodly men turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness, denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. And it says, I will therefore put you in remembrance, though ye once knew this, how that the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed them that believed not. And the angel which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation, he hath reserved in everlasting chains under darkness unto the judgment of the great day. He says, even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them in like manner, giving themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh, and set forth for an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. Likewise, also, these filthy dreamers defiled their flesh, despised dominion, and speak evil of dignities. Yet, Michael, the archangel, when contending with the devil, he disputed about the body of Moses. Hmm. Now, if the angel is disputing over the body of Moses, the devil is disputing over the body of Moses. Um, that's why I'm always pleading with the Lord to have mercy upon me. Verse, I may have performed miracles, I may have prophesied, I may have done many things, but I'm always asking the Lord, keep me yoked by him. And when he say to do something, when he gives that burning uh, unction on, on, upon the, the heart to speak something, believe me, I'm going to be obedient and do it. 
does not bring against him a railing accusation. Michael does not bring against him a railing accusation, but said, Lord, rebuke thee. But these speak evil of these things which they know not, but what they know naturally as brute beasts, in those things they corrupt themselves. So what they know naturally, what's in the carnal nature, what's in the dimension of what they can see, taste, smell, hear, and feel, uh, but not from the spiritual essence. Woe unto them, for they have gone in the way of Cain and ran greedily after the era of Balaam for reward and perished in the gang sands of Kor. There are spots in the feast of charity when they Peace with you, feeding themselves without fear. Clouds they are without water. Clouds they are without water. That's serious. Clouds they are without water. That means it's a smoke. It's not a, a cloud that's in the heaven. It's not a. a it's smoke carried away by of winds. Trees whose fruit withereth without fruit, twice dead, plucked up by the root. Died twice, so they they were dead in the the beginning of life through the corruption of Adam. They came to life and they died, plucked up by the roots, raging waves of the sea, foaming out of the their own shame, wandering stars, to whose is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. Now, why am I saying this? Why why am I bringing Jews? He's bringing up people that are coming in the midst of charity, that are coming in the midst of the, the, the saints of the Most High God with deceptive practices. And he's calling them angels that are not, that had left the abode of God, the angels of darkness. And then when you get into Second Thessalonians chapter 2, you see a whole lot more false things. And Jesus said there will be a lot of false activity out there. And there's going to be, I'm saying it in layman terms, there's go, Matthew 24, but he says there's going to be false people that are saying that they're the Messiah, that they're anointed. Um, there's going to be this falseness out there. Now, why would this falseness exist? The, the enemy will come as an appearance of light, and the enemy will say hey, very nice and sweet things. He will not tell you the truth. If you're dirty, he will look at you and say, oh, you're beautiful, and you're nice, to pluck the essence out of you. But he will not tell you that Jesus Christ is Lord. Give your life to him that you will be saved, and giving your life to Jesus Christ means that there must be change and transformation in the heart and the soul. In John chapter 3, verse 121 on down, Jesus is talking to Nicodemus. He points out to Nicodemus uh, that when Nicodemus comes to him, he says, uh, the same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be within with him. No one can do these 
um, miracles except God be within, with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. He cannot see the kingdom of God. So um, what does Jesus mean by that? Why is he asking the question, except a man be born again? Nicodemus was a teacher of the word. He was, uh, he was in the, the temple. He was a Pharisee. The Bible says he knew the word. He knew the Holy Bible. But Jesus is telling Nicodemus, you must be born again or you cannot By see the, the kingdom of God. Nicodemus yes. said unto him, how can a man be born when he is old? He enter into the second time into his mother's womb and be born? The natural mind. The way that the natural mind will perceive things is based on what they have seen or what, what uh, another man or woman has seen. They will not base it on their relationship with God. They will not base it on a covenant founded and rooted by Jesus Christ. Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, big S, not a man's spirit, but the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof. But cannot not tell whence it cometh and whither it goeth. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. Born of the Spirit. Now, this is what Amen. Jesus said in his word. Now, if, if that's offensive to anyone, if that's bothering someone, if, if it was me, I would be on my knees right now, and I would be saying, Lord, if I'm not born again, show me. If I, if I don't have the Spirit of God the way that you perceive, not by the way man has said, I would have the Spirit of God, show me. Because I want to know that I'm right with you. I don't want to walk in my own confidence, but I walk. In, I want to walk in the faith that you are showing me, Lord, that I am born Amen. again, that I have your Spirit, mm-hmm. and that I I have the I'm born of the living water, not that someone has sprinkled water on me, not that someone has dunked me in the water, but I have that living water that you're talking about, God. I want to know. Amen. And I want to understand what you mean when you say the wind bloweth, where it lifted. You see, you've you got to spend some time with the Lord and get in depth with him. Because someone may write something, but it may not be the right writing. If they may have had a purpose. They may have had a reason. They may have had their own design for that what they wrote. So you, it's important. Amen. Jesus said, many will come to me and say, did I not prophesy? Did I not uh, show forth miracles? Did I not heal? And he would say, sure, away from me. Abba. That's a very deep word for someone to be able to uh, perform miracles in the earth. And he's saying, sure, away from me. Amen. Out of your Christ, if you are bearing those gifts, 
Are you yoked by the Father, or are you acting like every other prophet out there that said, uh, stands up and prophesied to hundreds of people, but they, God didn't tell them to do it? Yeah. Are you are you uh, acting out for gifts of healing people, and the Lord didn't command you to do it? When, when Minister Belinda spoke, she said the Lord told her to say it. It sounded negative, but it was for a good, uh, uh, to save a soul. It was, it was to keep that person from harm way. A lot of people wouldn't want to hear that. They want to hear you're going to have a safe journey. And the Lord is telling the prophet to say uh, your journey is not destined for this hour. You see. Will we listen to the realness of God, or are we listening to the voice of the tree of knowledge? Are we listening to the tree of life, or are we listening to the tree of knowledge? And is the tree of knowledge the knowledge that God will give you by the Holy Spirit? The time will come. Time will always tell because. If if we don't if we don't die now, we we will we, the time will come that we will all bow before Jesus. The question is, when we bow, will we go to heaven or will He say, "Shoo away from me, because I never knew you." The question that I leave on the table: Is it important for you to for the greed? Is it important for the gain? Or is it more important for you to have a relationship and be in covenant with God now? The time will tell because Isaac prospered through a famine. Elijah received bread from God, the hand of God. Elisha survived through a famine. The Lord said him, what what, what are your options? Yay, yay, or nay. Yay, yay. Yes, God. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Holy Ghost. Or we have nay, God. Nay, Holy Spirit. Nay, Jesus Christ. And are we going to be half and stand in half in the middle where he say, in Revelation 3, he said, uh, he told, he vomits. Will you be vomited out? Because you are lukewarm. You're not hot. You're not hot, cold. I want to be honest with you. I want to tell you what the word yeah. is. Hot or cold. If you don't want them, get over there. If you want them, get in here. And do it through, through the extreme measure. There, there's not such a thing as being a Jesus freak. Too much <laughs> Jesus Too much Jesus will be Amen. good for you. Amen. And finally, I say, finally, I say, when I'm I'm talking about this tree of knowledge, you know, when we look at it, Adam and Eve was in the Garden of Eden with God in His presence, but they they found it difficult to discern what was of God and what was not of God. Satan dwelled in the presence of the Lord. 
he doesn't have the the image. He doesn't have the likeness. He doesn't have uh, the 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 essence of God, but he has a uh, something similar to it. So you have to open your eyes in this hour. You can't be like Adam and Eve. You won't have the second chance. You won't you won't have it. So it's time for you to really have a relationship with God and know his presence. Know what is what is God and what is not God. Know what is the tree of life. Know what what is the tree of life because the knowledge of this world, knowledge and the patterns of things of this world, it it will it will not give you that relationship. It will not take you to that narrow gate. It will not give you entry into the kingdom of God. Yes. We have to know. We have to know. And it's only God who will, God who can tell us. He will give us the revelation. But it will be by his word. He's not going to come and tell you sweet and wonderful things all the time. There are sweet yes. and wonderful things in God. There are sweet. Eternal life is a the most wonderful thing in God. Eternal life is the most Amen. wonderful thing in God. It's better than having gnashing of teeth. It's better than having unquenchable uh, thirst for the rest of your life. So we have to put our mind in the perspective of God, not in the perspective of man, not what we've been taught over and over again. Not get it from the Lord what he thus says the Lord. There's a lot of Amen. things out there that sound sweet, but I rather get I rather want to know what, what Lord what will produce your wrath so that I don't get it. I rather know, Lord, what produces your wrath so that Amen. I don't I don't walk in that territory that I will be in the right path of you so that I will inherit the kingdom of God. Amen. Um, Amen. We're going to close out now, and we're just going to pray, Father, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, Abba, Father, we, we come before your throne of grace, and we ask for mercy for the body of Christ. We ask for mercy for uh, the world, yes. O oh Lord, because there are many that do not know you. You said you're coming for the sick and the sinner, and we're asking, O oh Lord, that you will touch them in their heart, that you will bring strong revelation yes, hour, that they will have an opportunity to make intelligent decisions before you. And Father, we ask that you will produce clarity, conciseness of who you are to the body of Christ, that they will survive in this hour, and that they will be overcomers in Christ Jesus, Father, as it is said in your word, that they will have the great testimonies of your glory. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Bless you, Father. Amen. Amen. Yes, Lord. Ooh, we thank everyone for listening in, and we will be back again next week, 11 a.m., uh, on the Kingdom Mandate. And we will continue to talk about the signs of the last day in Matthew 24, verses 21 through 22, the Great Tribulation. God bless you all, and the grace of God be with you. May he empower and equip you for the days to come. In Jesus' mighty name, God bless you. Amen.